really fun to be here. Adrian Wojnarowski with breaking news in the NBA. Woj, what more can you tell us about what the format's going to look like and what teams will be there when the NBA season does resume in Orlando? L, the league office has a proposal now that it is sharing with team owners. There is a vote set for tomorrow afternoon with the league's board of governors. Uh, will approve a 22-team return to play uh, in Orlando beginning on July 31st. 13 teams from the Western Conference, nine from the East. Tell me why you think Boston, Jay Will, or Jay Rose, is the best team to unseat the Bucks. Because they have a core that's young, but actually experienced with playing with each other. That always means something. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Tatum is 21 years old. My God, is he coming. Oh, Jason Tatum! Bring that smoke! That's an all-star! Tatum against Caruso, spins, gets inside, and backs it home. Boy, so impressive. Smart coming to the ball, loses Young. Shoulder down, takes it to the basket, kicks it to the corner. Nice fake by Hayward, pulls up for the jumper and gets two. Walker. Oh, big fumble by Tice. Back out to Jalen Brown. Strong first half. Oh, oh, oh yes. strong and cut a body. Oh, boy. He just keeps getting better and better. Spin move from Walker, and he puts it in. Kemba Walker with some razzle-dazzle. This is my M-season ticket to you, kidding me! Let's go! What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 75 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? If you were in the New England area this weekend, I hope you stayed nice and cool because it was hot. It was really hot. And if you were not in the New England area this weekend, I hope you had good weather. But more importantly, I hope you wore a mask and washed your hands. Anyways... You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. Not a whole lot to talk about this week because, to be honest with you, I really don't care about podcasting about what the players had for food when they arrived down in Orlando. And I know we didn't podcast last week because, to be honest with you, there wasn't too much to talk about. And now I feel like we got a little bit more to talk about because the Boston Celtics are going to be playing basketball this weekend. And I don't care if it's a scrimmage. And I don't care if they're only playing 40 minutes versus 48 minutes. And I don't care how bad the basketball is going to be. But the Boston Celtics are going to be in uniform playing some mother-flipping basketball. And I'm excited about it. I really am. So this week we'll talk about scrimmages, Uh, we'll talk about what else I'm concerned about, we'll talk about Kemba's knee, but to start off the podcast, I want to say congratulations to Kara Lawson. Kara Lawson was the first ever African-American women's basketball coach for the Boston Celtics. It was always great to see someone of her stature and how important that is for the NBA community on the Celtics bench every single night. The players loved her. They loved being coached by her. They loved working with her. So it is a big loss for the Celtics team. But she's going to be the head coach for the women's 
basketball team at Duke University. And we all know that I'm a Dukey. I never went there. I wish I did, but I love Duke basketball. So I just wanted to say congratulations to Kara Lawson on being the first ever African-American women's basketball coach at Duke University. Unbelievable. So cool. Black Lives Matter. Always, always, always. Congratulations to Kara Lawson. So, so cool. But let's get into what I'm worried about, and that is Kemba Walker's knee. And I'm sorry for coming out hot, folks, but I am not happy with the Kemba Walker knee situation. This dude is preaching to us. Before, when he got to the R-back center, when the teams were allowed back to kind of practice, even though it was individually, he said he felt great. Three months off, he felt good. It's what his knee needed, and he has yet to fully practice yet. The Celtics are letting him work out every other day and keep telling us not to worry. And I'm kind of freaking out about it because I feel like the Celtics always do this. And you're probably telling, saying to yourself, what, like, what do you mean? No, he's fine. Don't worry about it. But do you remember earlier this season when Brad Stevens said, oh, Gordon's foot was fine. Don't worry about it. And then literally five minutes later in a different press conference, Gordon's like, my foot hurts a lot and I'm a little concerned. Maybe it wasn't that direct, but Brad said it was fine. And then Gordon said, oh, no, it's not fine. It's not a good situation at all. So now we have Kemba saying, oh, my knee feels great. And now the Celtics are like, it doesn't look great. But we're going to tell everyone not to worry. I'm worried. I want to know what the hell is going on. Why isn't Kemba Walker, like, is this going to be a chronic knee issue? Because guess what, folks? We're paying him a lot of money over the next few years, and that could affect how far the Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatums of the world go in this league because if Kemba Walker, who has so much money on the line, and then you also have so much money on the line with Gordon Hayward too, if both of those guys are sticking around for a long time, the Celtics aren't going to be that deep, and then the people that are playing are going to be on the bench a lot because they're going to be hurt. And I'm freaking out about it. I have like – I'm – because I have nothing else to do because of this pandemic, I'm obviously in my thoughts a little bit more than I probably should be. But I only, I've only i basically convinced myself that I only have 50% confidence that Kemba will be playing in Orlando. I really do. Because if his knee's already hurting just because he's practicing, how the hell is he going to play in an actual game? How do you play him? Do you play him until the fifth game in once this eight-game tournament, like, basically eight-game play-in tournament starts, like, do you see, like, oh, hey, you're four and one. The Raptors are one and four. We can probably beat the Nets and the Wizards and the Magic in our last, you know, hand, you know, few games. So maybe we'll sit him, and then that way we'll get the two-seed, and then he'll be well-rested for the playoffs. Sure. Okay, but then, like, what if they play the Nets in the playoffs? Do you sit him then, too? Probably, because the Nets... Don't have Durant, Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan. Sure, they just signed Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley, but, like, I'm not concerned about the Nets. So, like, sure, I want to play the Nets. But does Kemba play? I have no idea. Do you let him come off the bench and only play 25 minutes a game? He's averaging 31 this season, and clearly those 31 minutes didn't help his knee at all. I mean, Kemba hasn't played in 14 games this season, and the Celtics are 10-4 and without him. So you're like, oh. That's actually pretty good. But their biggest wins are against the 76ers, the Jazz, and the Trailblazers. That's it. All the other teams are like the Hawks and the Cavs and the Timberwolves. Like, who cares? But they've lost against the Lakers, the Rockets, the Suns, and even the Wizards without them. 
So it's like, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? I have no idea. I like, I. The good thing about him being down there is he's a great leader. All the players love him. We've all heard how much of a better leader he is than Kyrie. Blah 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 blah. So I'm glad that he's down there, and I hope he helps the team playing. But it's probably also good that he's down there, you know, supporting them in every single way, shape, or form. So am I overreacting? Probably because I haven't been able to overreact to a lot of things lately. You know, because it's like, oh, yep, another gazillion cases of COVID. Awesome. Yep. That's not an overreaction because it is what it is. But this I'm a little concerned about. He practiced for 50 minutes over the weekend, and that's the most that he's done. That's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. After having three months off of not being on the knee. And I promise you, Kemba, you know, he probably shot some hoops. He's probably got a really nice place around here where he has a basketball hoop. Remember, unlike Jason Tatum, who Jason Tatum was talking about how he never picked up a basketball for like two months, which is unbelievably bizarre, but I trust him. So I'm very concerned about Kemba's knee. I really am. Not just for this Orlando bubble, but for the future of the Boston Celtics. Because if this is like arthritis or something, he's screwed. Because Kemba is small, and he puts so much wear and tear on his knees. The way that like he finishes sometimes, it's almost like him and Gordon Hayward have like, they put, when they stop, they put so much pressure on their knees. And because Kemba plays so much, and he never gets hurt, it, I feel like it's finally happening. Like, everything's finally just crumbling for him. And it's, of course, his first year with the Celtics. Of course. It's all happening that way. So, yes, I'm very concerned. And some other things that I'm concerned about right now are the Celtics, I feel like, are having too much fun down in the bubble, which is great because they're excelling in that lifestyle where other people may be like, screw this, this sucks. So I'm okay with them having a little too fun or too much fun. But I don't want a dumb injury to happen. I can't have a dumb injury happen. The other day on a Zoom media call, Ennis Cantor mentioned that the Celtics are aware that people call them the, the hospital Celtics and now everyone is healthy, which is great. I love it. But here's the thing. Stop playing volleyball in the sand and taking it seriously. I watched a 90-second video of Vincent Marcus Smart Taco Fall and Ennis Cantor playing volleyball. And I wanted to die. The entire time watching it, I would my butt was clenched. I was profusely sweating. I don't know if a lot of you Patriots fans, for those that are out there, remember back in 1999, they drafted in the first round a running back, I believe he went to Georgia, named Robert Edwards. And he was out for the Pro Bowl, and they were playing a four-on-four like flag football game of something, but it was in the sand because the Pro Bowl used to take place in Hawaii. And he blew out his knee. Never played football again, was never the same again. So I don't want Marcus Smart blowing out his knee because Marcus Smart does everything at 150 million percent. So get off the sand. I, no, I literally thinking about that video, I'm like hallucinating right now. It, no. I, the way Marcus Smart gets hurt and those weird-ass injuries that he always has, I cannot find out that Marcus Smart messed up his knee because he decided to block a shot playing volleyball. And I know my best friend, Big T, is listening. I've seen him play volleyball a gazillion times. It's a great sport. 
but not in the sand when you're an NBA player trying to go for an NBA championship. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Nope. 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 No way, Jose. Absolutely not. Stick to swimming. You know, Marcus Smart and Ennis Cantor raced each other when they were swimming. Fine. Stick with swimming. I have never heard of a nasty swimming injury before. Maybe swimming is dangerous. I don't think they're going to drown because they're, you know, 10 feet water. They're already like six foot five. I think they can just push up once and be there. So don't do stupid activities. Don't do it. Don't do it, please. And I know a lot of people are also bashing Jason Tatum for his golfing out there. You know, Tatum shot his best nine holes. He shot a 44. He He's doing like 300-yard drives. Unbelievable. I've golfed a lot. I, I don't know what else. I'm, I'm, I podcast and I golf. That's what I've been doing during the pandemic and overthinking as well. So, yeah, I, I've, I've shot 42s. I've shot 43s. I've shot 44s. And I don't mind Tatum golfing as long as he just goes out, golfs, and then focuses on basketball, and that's it. I don't want him golfing multiple rounds. I need him to, if practice is at 3 o'clock, I want him to be able to wake up at 7, golf from like 8 to 10, because it usually takes two hours to do nine holes as long as there isn't a wait, and then go get ready and absolutely destroy everyone in practice, and then not go back out after practice. That's what I need. The other thing that is kind of concerning me right now is the Celtics are getting too much love. And that's great. It, a lot of people are confident in this basketball team, including myself. I'm confident that this team can go deep in the playoffs. But it's a little alarming to me. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I don't like when the players start, you know, chatting it up. Maybe it's just because it's, you know, the Patriots fan in me. I like the robotic, like, you know, yeah, we have a good team and we just got to take it game by game and, you know, <clears throat> hope it works out. You know, just like Belichick. You know, just simple. I know that was a terrible Belichick impression, but just simple to the point. But Ennis Cantor telling everyone to watch out for the Celtics because now the Celtics are, you know, healthy. Remember when Jalen Brown was talking about when it was the first year with Kyrie, it was the year at, or the first full year with Kyrie, like when he was healthy. And after the Eastern Conference Finals, saying that the Celtics are going to win multiple championships year after year. I didn't like that. It, I just want everyone to like kind of come back to earth and just play some basketball. And hopefully it works out because I'd rather have Jalen Brown drop 25 points a game than tell everyone that they're going to win championships. And same with Ennis Cantor. I'm really excited for Ennis Cantor in this bubble because I feel like the game is going to slow down, and I've said it all season, when the game is slowed down, Ennis Cantor is better for this basketball team. I fully believe that because he's not that great when the game's fast because he's slow. But with that being said, Ennis Cantor telling everyone to watch out for the Celtics. Ennis Cantor saying Friday's scrimmage between the the inter-squad scrimmage was the best scrimmage he has ever seen and he's ever been a part of. Pump the brakes a little bit, bud. Sure, the Celtics, according to ESPN, have five players in their top 50 players in the bubble. Smart's 38, Hayward's 36, Jalen's 25, Kemba's 20, and Jason Tatum's 13. That's great. But, like, when you hear that the Celtics are the most popular bet when it comes to Vegas, too, but then you hear that the Vegas odd makers don't know what the hell 
they're going to do when it comes to betting because they've never been in this type of situation before. I just want the Celtics to stay level-headed. I don't want them to get big-headed because, to me, I've always thought that that Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals that they lost to the Cavs at TD Garden, I always thought the Celtics got a little big-headed. See Terry Rozier and his horrible shooting performance. I just want them to buckle in and play basketball. So I love all the hype. I'm all for it. But more hype leads to more disappointment. I'm telling you that right now. It really does. Like the 2009 Celtics team, so much hype. They were going to go back to back. And then KG got hurt, and it was just absolutely devastating. Absolutely devastating. And I can't I can't go through that again. I'm not comparing these teams at all. I'm not comparing the 2019-2020 Boston Celtics to the 2009 Boston Celtics. I'm not doing that. I just... I'm not a big fan of hype unless it comes unless you're a draft pick. I'll I'll buy the I'll buy the hype with the draft pick. See Jason Tatum. It was worth the hype. Uh the other thing that I'm worried about, you know, just kind of going in from what I've been reading, what I've been hearing, is Gordon Hayward and the young guys. We haven't really heard a lot about Gordon Hayward's foot, which is great. And to be honest with you, we haven't heard a lot about Gordon Hayward at all. And to be honest with you, I kinda like that. But it's also a little concerning. Part of me likes it because maybe he's playing so well. No one wants to let them know. And he's kind of like their secret weapon. Because I fully believe this team goes as far as Gordon Hayward goes. If he sucks, they won't go far. If he plays well, this team's going to go deep. Really deep into the playoffs. I think all the pressure is on Gordon Hayward. Especially because he has an opportunity to either re-up his contract with the Celtics for another year. Or go somewhere else and make a lot of money. So I think with a lot of teams watching the bubble and the fact that if they can see Gordon Hayward can just hop in a pickup game basically because all these things are going to be pickup games. If he can hop in and do well, he can get a nice – his last NBA contract is right now. I think he's 29 years old. Maybe he's 30. But this is like his last one, last big one at least. So he has an opportunity to make a lot of money. So – I think it's weird we haven't heard anything about him, but I also think it's good. So I don't know if it's concerning over the fact that, hmm, maybe he hasn't played well, and that's concerning. Or maybe they're, maybe we haven't heard anything because his foot's so bad, but maybe we haven't heard anything because they just don't want it out that Gordon Hayward's crushing it. I don't know. But if Kemba is out with his knee, all the pressure goes up on Gordon Hayward. Because he's the veteran in the room. Sure, he's never gone as deep as some of the other Celtics players that are in there. Like Jalen, like Jason, like Marcus, etc., etc. I think Ennis Cantor went pretty deep in the playoffs when he was with the Trailblazers. I think. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But why haven't we heard more about Gordon Hayward? That's what I want to know. I'm a little concerned about it, but not overly concerned. The other thing that I'm concerned about is we've been hearing a lot about the Time Lord. Can we trust the Time Lord? We all know, 75 episodes into the Banner Branch podcast, I am a Robert Williams fan. People are saying that he got quicker, he got stronger, but can we trust him? Can we plug him into the lineup with eight minutes to go in the second quarter in the playoffs to give Tice and Cantor a rest? Can we do that? I want to hope that we can do that, but I think... The other thing that I'm concerned about is, remember a couple years ago, we were all concerned about Robert Williams' maturity. 
he was late. He couldn't show up to practice, you know, all missed a press conference, all these different things. It was, it was alarming. So now that he's in a bubble, like in a hotel room, he's young, he can do whatever, really, whatever the hell he wants on a day by day basis. Can we trust him? I hope so. I really do. I really, really do. And then the last thing that I'm concerned about before we get into the scrimmages, Brad has been talking a lot about the young guys. And I don't know how I feel about it because I don't want Brad to pump these guys up and then not be able to scrim it or then they don't play and then their confidence goes literally down the tube. That's what I'm a little worried about. Brad has been talking about how great Tremont Waters has been and how great Carson Edwards has been. And just like the Time Lord, I don't know if I'm ready to see either Tremont or Carson in the playoffs yet. Tremont is terrific. He won Rookie of the Year for the G League with the main red claws. Congratulations to him. Well deserves. And he made huge steps. I would trust Tremont Waters over Carson Edwards in the lineup right now. I think we can all agree on that. And if you don't agree on it, you can email me at bannerbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Is, can Tremont Waters come in and be you know, our Shane Larkin, if you will? Do we want Tremont Waters over Brad Wanamaker? Tremont Waters would get hosed defensively. Brad Wanamaker, I think, can hold his own defensively, and I said that a million times. We also have to look at Grant Williams. He looks leaner. He looks stronger in all the pictures that I've seen. But can we trust him shooting? A lot of people saying his shooting has improved a great deal ever since they've been down in Orlando. Can he help spread the floor, which is only good things for Jalen and Jason and Kemba if they play? The lane is open. They can get to the free throw line. I love to see that. So Grant Williams, can he defend bigger guys? Can he spread the floor? Did his strength help this team? That is what I need to see. And then there's another rumor out that Romeo Langford has a more fluid shot. And honestly, who cares? So those are the things that I'm worried about when it comes to the Celtics. Kemba's knee, dumb injuries happening because they're having too much fun, a little too much hype, and how are Gordon and the young guys going to react? But we have two scrimmages this weekend. The Boston Celtics are back. And I don't care what the quality of basketball is going to be. It's probably going to be putrid. I'm probably going to be like, oh, this is gross. This is absolutely terrible. But there are worse things in the world, absolutely worse things in the world, and that's what we have to focus on, okay? The Boston Celtics are going to be back this weekend, Friday, July 24th at 5 p.m. I don't know where it's going to be broadcasted, but it, I think NBC Sports Boston will probably have it. And then Sunday, July 26th at 1.30, a little Sunday afternoon matinee against the Phoenix Suns all down in Orlando. This opening scrimmage weekend for the NBA I think is super important, especially when they test players before the game and after the games. This, this could be the only two games that we have of the Celtics. So enjoy them while you can because if testing goes bad, oh boy, it, it could shut down the whole thing. But if testing goes well, the NBA might have something. So we'll see. So what am I looking for in these games? Well, the first thing is how serious are these guys actually going to take this game? It's 40 minutes versus 48 minutes. Are they just going to kind of go through the motion? Or are they going to go, go, go and kind of see how their body reacts to the fact that they really haven't played in three months? Where, you know, when you think about the NBA preseason, you you think the guys kind of take it seriously. But here, a lot of them don't want to be here. They may be mentally unstable with the fact that they're just stuck in a hotel room. It looks like a lot of players are making the best of it. They've brought gaming systems. I mean, Jalen's brought some sleeping chamber thing. He literally looks like something out of an Avengers movie that's like in his room to help him sleep better, which, you know, I'm all for. So, you know, 
how seriously are these guys going to take it? Are they going to go and see, oh, man, I'm so sore, but that's good. That means, you know, I need to work on certain things, or are they just going to go through the motion and just get into good habits, which we'll talk about in a second. The other thing that I'm looking for is, does Jason Tatum look the same? Like, it looks more like he's growing into his body, which is great, but can he still shoot that step back three the same? Will he get more guys involved if other teams attack him differently? I've talked about a lot, especially in February, about how teams try and trap him and how he passes out of those traps, especially around the top of the key. So can he get more guys involved? I'm I'm all stuttering Stanley here. I'm also really going to look at Tice Cantor, Time Lord, Grant Williams, and I don't think Vincent is going to play that much, but those four guys, those four guys need to be big. And those go those four guys have to be strong. And I think this could make or break the team because this team is the the size on this team sucks. Sure, the small ball lineup is great and super duper, but it ain't gonna help you versus the Bucks. It ain't gonna help you versus the 76ers. It ain't gonna help you against the Raptors. Can you beat the Heat? Can you beat the Pacers, the Magic, the Nets, the Wizards, and the Rockets, the Thun? Sure. You can beat all those teams. But when you think about the top three or four teams in the NBA. You need size. And when when you think of rim protectors, you don't think of Tice, Cantor, Grant Williams, or the Time Lord. The Time Lord can block shots, don't get me wrong, but like I don't think people are afraid of him yet. You know you know what I'm saying? And the other thing is too is like, is Taco gonna play? We all know I'm not the biggest Taco Fall fan when it comes to basketball. His social media on point, but I'm just very interested in that aspect of it. What are our big guys gonna look like and can we trust them to make the team better because our wings are great, our guards are great. Why can't our centers be great? So keep that in mind. Thank you very much. Moving on. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has done so many incredible things over the last few months. Perfect example was yesterday at the end of his Zoom media press conference, he just asked the media to stick around for two extra minutes while he spoke about Brianna Taylor's death and why the police officers haven't been arrested, all the different laws that have been changed, and how you now have to knock on the door when you have a warrant instead of busting through the door because clearly they went into the wrong house and killed an innocent woman down south. And it is absolutely terrible. It's a terrible story. The fact that those police officers haven't been arrested yet is disgusting. And it shows how smart Jalen Brown is. Jalen Brown is going to be a politician when this is all said and done. He is so smart, you know, He has driven from Boston down to Atlanta during the pandemic to protest the Black Lives Matters movement, which I thought was absolutely unbelievable. With that being said, he has a job at hand. And I know that the Black Lives Matter movement and everything else going on in the world is a gazillion times more important than basketball. But he also has a job. So can he focus on the basketball court for a couple hours? I think he can. I have trust that he will. I, I trust him that he will. He's a, like I said, he's such a smart kid. It, it's actually uncomfortable how smart he is. And I just don't want Jalen to be too distracted with everything going on in the world, even though he has every right to be. I just hope he can kind of maybe just take a little breather and focus on playing basketball for a couple hours and then get right back to being the great person that he is supporting the Black Lives Matter movement and being vocal about it too. So I respect Jalen Brown a great deal for that. I just hope he can also play some good, solid basketball for the Boston Celtics too, even if it's just in these couple scrimmages. Now, 
the Thunder Suns matchup. I think the Sun the uh, the Thunder is a great matchup for them to go into. The Thunder came out strong um, both times that they played the Celtics. The Celtics beat them by one in Oklahoma City, and then the last time I saw the Celtics play at TD Garden was against the Thunder, and the Thunder won by one. So the Thunder need to come out strong here because they're one game out of fourth, but they're also tied for fifth with the Rockets, so they could be in fourth or they could be in sixth, which is you know your difference of playing Jazz or the difference of playing the Nuggets for them. So it, the Thunder need to come out strong. I, again, these games don't count, but I think they need to come into this eight-game play-in tournament, if you will, very strong so they can get better seating. Uh, the fun part about the Thunder is they can go small. Uh, they have a three-point guard lineup with Schroeder. Um, oh, my God, who's the other kid? Chris Paul and, uh, oh, my God, what's the other kid's name? Oh, my God, I'm brain farting, and he's so good. I like watching him play basketball. Just give me a second. But, yeah, I – and the other – well, while, while I look up this kid's name is – I want to see the Time Lord go up against Steven Adams. I really do. I want to see him go up against a big, physical guy like that. That's what I want to see. I think it would be so cool to see the Time Lord be physical. Oh, shy. Oh, that Alexander kid. Oh, I knew it was that. I'm angry at myself. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I want to see the Time Lord battle against Steven Adams. I want to see if he can be physical with him. I want to see if he can defend him well because you can't get more physical than Aaron Baines and Steven Adams. And Aaron Baines is on the Suns. So I think this will be a good matchup for the Tice, Cantors, Time Lord, Grant Williams, and Taco Falls of the world. And I think the Celtics can go small here and really work on the you know, the Kemba, Marcus, Gordon, Jalen, Jason lineup, especially against the Thunder. So I think that will be fun. The Suns game, you know, I'm not really looking for much, but, you know, just stay healthy and getting back into their flow. Brad Steven talked a lot yesterday um, about getting back into their old habits, not only as individuals, but what they have to do for their teammates on the floor on both ends, especially defensively. I think getting back into old defensive habits for the Celtics team is going to be huge because they're they're a good defensive team and they have to bring that defensive intensity into this tournament because there could be some guys that are like, dude, why are you taking this so seriously? And that's where Marcus Smart just slides right in and annoys the living hell out of people. And I want Tatum and Brown to go after Devin Booker defensively. I don't want Devin Booker to score a lot of points. The last time the Suns played the Celtics was actually on my birthday at TD Garden. The Suns actually beat them, and one of the reasons why they beat him was because Mikel Bridges went off for 26 points against the Celtics. I want zero out of him because he ruined my birthday. Call me selfish, but I, I want him done. But I want the Celtics to go hard, not too hard, but hard these next couple of games because then they'll have five days to recover, and then next week, literally next Friday, 11 days from now, the Boston Celtics will play their first actual meaning, meaningful basketball game against the Milwaukee Bucks, and it'll be a lot of fun. So that's it for Episode 75 of the Banner Branch Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Please wear a mask. Wash your hands. Black Lives Matter. Just if you don't need to go out, don't go out. Just stay safe. I, I want to go back to work. I work in the music industry, and to all my music industry friends that are listening, thanks. I miss you guys. But we don't go back to work until people start getting their their bleep together in plain English, their shit together in plain English. I don't mind swearing. So 
this Boston Celtics playing a basketball game in a few days. I'm really excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to actually talk next week about basketball. What I saw, what I didn't see, what I liked, what I didn't like on episode 76. And like I said earlier, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.